0: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby.
1: Well, only a few days left, Rita, of this whole uh, year. It it has been the... Craziest year. And you know, the wildest well, thing, Can I say something? Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah, this <laughs> year. What do you
2: oh say, Governor? Uh, God. Good yeah, riddance. Yeah, I'm with you. Good riddance. Good riddance. Well, well, tough well, year. I was just about to say, next year, you know, we've been talking obviously about the presidential race and everything else and all the crazies Next year is the presidential year. I feel like we've been talking about it already five years. It, <laughs> well, it is I'll crazy. You,
1: there's so many things going on and there's so many wrongs going on in a. The- in the world, I don't know which wrong to talk about first. Right. Do so, we talk about Russia first? Do we talk about, uh, uh, by the way, there's rumors around, and we're going to ask John Bolton, that Damascus got bombed in the last hour. Yeah, this wow. is big stuff. Wow. Now, Governor, big you, stuff. Wanted,
3: to, uh, you oh, wanted to say something. Uh, you know, I was listening to Rita a little while ago on the 4 o'clock show um, for both Nerdly and... The guy who was arrested for stabbing the two girls on Christmas Day in the morning at uh, at Grand Central Station has now stabbed another inmate on Rikers Island. Yeah, this is unbelievable.
2: I, I, I'm I glad you brought this up, Gov, because this guy... Who I'm was, glad you brought it up. Yeah, I just you know, heard it. I couldn't <laughs> believe it. At first I thought it was a misprint. Like, wait a minute, he just got arrested. And, of course, we know that a judge... Uh, let him out two weeks before the stabbing in Grand Central. This judge, Matthew Greco, in the Bronx, uh, says, oh, we'll give him a conditional discharge, even though he had 17 priors and some very violent priors. Then the stabbing happens, as you bring up, at Grand Central Terminal with those tourists. And, John, just a few hours ago, this guy, who clearly has psychiatric issues and a huge violent history, he gets arrested, of course, as you know, on Christmas Day. He's held without bail Tuesday night. He goes to Rikers. He gets a 1.5-inch ceramic blade, and he attacks another inmate this morning a few hours ago. Some people
1: are just not meant to be among civilized people.
2: Which is why you need solitary confinement, John. I I can't believe, you know.
1: Why don't they understand this?
2: This is crazy. I mean,
1: you've seen it in your
2: Where's Jamani Williams, who was pushing for solitary confinement, who spearheaded that effort through city council?
3: Well, it's... It's a situation where I think a lot of people have opinions, but they don't have the experience. They haven't read the the uh, accounts of what happens in the state prisons and in other places. If they knew the frequency that you put certain people in with other people, it's almost guaranteed they won't be there for very long before there's some violent incident.
1: Let's go to, uh,
2: I understand John Bolton is on. Yes, we have uh, former U.N. Ambassador John Bolton. And, Ambassador, uh, this is just breaking, as John was just saying.
1: It, it, did it really happen? Yeah,
2: it's, that's what we're trying to find nobody, out. Nobody else has it. Yep, Syrian uh, Syria media is saying that there was some strikes on air defenses um in Damascus. That It's happened in the last few hours. Big explosions. Do you know anything about it?
4: Well, it is being reported in Middle Eastern uh, uh, publications and and it's not unusual in the sense that Israel has struck in Damascus, uh, most typically at the Damascus airport where it has seen Iranian uh, officials. They recently killed a a senior official of the uh, Iranian, uh, the Islamic Revolutionary Guards there, a fellow named Razi Mousavi. So it's entirely possible that uh, as the risk of, uh, of of really extended hostilities between Hezbollah and uh, Israel in the north continues, that they're going after Iranian targets across Syria. So I think this report is probably accurate and uh, and, and maybe maybe indicating more to come.
1: Wow, and, and the other big story in my eyes is uh, our our battles down in the in the Red Sea and and the Suez Canal. That some of our allies, Spain. Uh, France, and Italy uh, have abandoned us.
4: Well, it really is uh, remarkable the way the Europeans are able to twist themselves into thinking that uh, these Houthi attacks against commercial traffic and, and against our naval ships in, in the Red Sea are somehow unrelated to what Hamas is uh, did to Israel on October the 7th. But, you know, it's getting more serious as well that a couple days before Christmas, the Pentagon Accused Iran of launching a drone or a missile from Iranian territory and hitting a a, a tanker, you know, affiliated with an Israeli company in the Indian Ocean, uh, traveling between Saudi Arabia and India. That is the first time that the Pentagon has targeted Iran directly for uh, firing at commercial traffic. Now, Iran, you know, look, bankrolls, arms, finances. Hamas, Hezbollah, the Shia militia in Iraq that attack our people there, uh, and obviously uh, uh, the Houthi rebels as well. But th- that's an indication of Iran itself getting directly involved. Uh, and I-, I think that's something that uh, the administration's not taking seriously. This, this, look, this is all part of a comprehensive Iranian strategy. We don't know the full details, uh, we don't know what the objectives are, but all of this stuff isn't happening at once. Purely by coincidence.
2: You know, isn't this though sort of uh, such a tepid response to me? It is so shocking when we see what's going on and the lack of response from America. Uh, I mean, you know uh, better than anybody. You think about that move when President Trump took out Soleimani and went right forward, and they got a message loud and clear: uh, don't mess uh with the USA. Right now, I sadly feel, Ambassador, that they are walking all over us. It breaks my heart as an American. Uh And I see what's happening. No respect. And, no, and yes. the, other, the
1: other Middle Eastern countries, Saudi Arabia, and I think United Arab uh, Emirates want nothing to do with the United States and the, the Red Sea.
4: And that's sad. Well, How they, sad they, is they, that? They, they see that Iran and its terrorist surrogates are not deterred by the Biden administration. Uh, and and a, a strong leader would say to them and to our European friends, it's time to get with the program here. You know, we've had American military sources uh, saying that, that the lack of response, Rita, the point you're making, uh, is is in, emboldening Iran to tell its Shia militia groups in, in Iraq and Syria to do more. And they, these military people are quoted as saying that we are simply lucky – that we haven't had a mass casualty event uh, uh, either of American service members or American civilians. A couple of weeks ago, these Iranian-backed Shia militia rocketed the U.S. embassy compound in Baghdad for the first time in over a year. Uh, And it's because the the militia don't feel any pain, and frankly, and most importantly, Iran itself doesn't feel any pain. And until they do, we will not have deterrence, and Americans will be at risk uh, all across the Middle East
1: and one more thing that could concern me is that reuters reported before uh that and, and there's no information on the white house website no information on the state department website no information on the uh on, on, on the homeland security website that uh, that uh, Mallorcas uh and uh, uh blinken, blinken right met yeah met with the mexican president and you know what they accomplished <laughs> nothing Nada in yeah,
3: español. Happy New Year. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, got some no, very nice uh, pictures, John. <laughs> been I, been wanted you, I, I wanted to ask let, you. I wanted to ask you
1: something. Let him, let, him, let him finish my I'm question. I'm sorry. Any, no, any, think, any comment on that?
4: No, I think I think you're reading it correctly. I mean, the, the administration simply doesn't understand. This is another example where it doesn't understand deterrence. Look, these people who walk through Mexico uh, uh, are rational people. If they know they make it to the Rio Grande and they're not getting in. The odds are they never would have left their home country. That's what you need to reestablish and say to these people, look, if you want to uh, uh, come into the United States, get on the waiting list like everybody else, and, and we'll take a look at you in your turn. But Biden's not willing to do that, and that's, that's why we've got this uh, really grave crisis on the southern border. I mean, Brave, the illegal immigration grave. thing is bad enough, but who else is coming in? What threats to national security? Maybe among all these people coming across the border. We just don't have a good idea.
2: Yeah, we don't. Um, Ambassador John Bolton, uh, David governor, Patterson,
3: the governor has a question. Uh, John, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I could be, but I thought I read somewhere that two of the countries that signed up to be part of this way they would try to uh, keep the, the the Red Sea secure, they signed up, but they then didn't want to publicly admit that they were originally part of it.
4: Yeah, I think these are two of the of the Arab countries, and, and it just shows that uh, when America is intimidated, it, we shouldn't be surprised that Arab countries that live there in the same neighborhood as Iran are intimidated, too. I mean, we're in this bizarre situation where the Russians are uh, intimidating us and Ukraine deterring us from doing what's necessary to help the Ukrainians thwart this invasion, uh, and they're intimidating us and, and deterring us from doing what we need to do uh, in in the conflict in the Middle East, it's just the, it's the world turned upside down. And I think the people in the administration just don't even see that.
2: You know, I, I don't want to have is you. A uh, serious problem. It's really serious. It a- is. And, yeah, and, yeah, I agree. And getting back to the border, sorry to have you ping pong, but uh, you, you are so good on so many topics here, um, Ambassador Bolton. Uh, the meeting in Mexico. I, I just wanted to tell everybody what came out of it. There, there was something, John, that came out of it. Um, the uh, uh, the head of Mexico, the president, comes out and he says, "We agreed to open the railways uh, and open crossings." And he said fentanyl barely came up. He was like mocking, like like as if uh, getting back to all of these things that we're talking about with the governor and John, this whole appeasement issue. It's like he was almost surprised that America really didn't focus on fentanyl, which, of course, is coming through our southern border.
4: Well, it is. And, and uh, there's a lot of competition now. But this originated when the Chinese uh, realized it was more efficient. To manufacture the fentanyl in Mexico rather than in China, just bring the precursor chemicals over and do it down there. And and uh, uh, and the administration really has just not taken up this challenge, which is killing citizens all across our country.
2: Yeah, really crazy. Well, Ambassador John Bolton, keep us posted too if you hear any more on uh, what's going on in Damascus with these reports of strikes well, there.
1: And happy, we'll new, year, and happy you, new year! And yeah, thank you. Happy new year. Yeah, thank you for everything you're doing for our country and continue to do for our country.
4: Many thanks. God bless.
2: Thank you. And uh, now uh, for some uh, big breaking news. We always have some big updates. Uh, we have John Solomon, who is the founder of Just the News, great investigative journalist. And, uh, John, so much going on. Uh, you also just finished an interview with Trump recently. It made a lot of headlines. Fill us in.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Well, President Trump was in a rare form to talk about policy. He has a lot of ideas that he feels need to be put on the table between now and Election Day. Among the big ideas, he wants to go back and return Iran to a sanctions regime. He said that it is insane to give Iran all the money it has. All we have done is funded their terrorism. He says if he's put back in office, you will see the largest sanctions regime that Iran has ever uh, faced. He was real strong on that issue he also said it's time for Europeans to pay more uh, for the war in Ukraine. He said, I don't mind helping Ukraine out, but we're not neighbors. We're a, a, an ocean away, and there are Europeans right next door that aren't paying their fair share. Uh, if you remember, uh, Donald Trump in his first term put a lot of effort into getting NATO allies to pay more to NATO. He succeeded getting billions of dollars of support to NATO that had not been paid for years. He said he's going to use that model to push um uh, 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 for similar support for Ukraine so that the United States taxpayer isn't shouldering all the burden. I think that was uh, pretty notable. He also had some reaction to some of the most important uh, developments of the last couple of days. He said that the Michigan Supreme Court, keeping him on the ballot, left uh, Colorado as an island and that it, that it left uh, Colorado as a joke around the world for trying to remove the Republicans' uh, leading candidate right now from the ballot. Uh, and he also uh, weighed in on Jack Smith, who earlier this week tried to keep uh, um, Donald Trump from uh, being able to use at his January 6th trial. any evidence that there were security failures at the Capitol that led to some of the violence. He said that's clearly exculpatory information. He had some choice words uh, for Jack Smith, uh, several names he called them over the course of uh, the interview, including Sick Puppy. But uh, he really wanted to point out that he should be able to bring this uh, Exculpatory evidence, at least in his mind, into the trial. Uh, You can almost count that that's going to be appealed soon. So a lot of news. He was in a very uh, talkative mood, very policy oriented. A lot of policy discussions all around uh, over the course of an hour of conversation.
2: Wow, very interesting. You know, John. You know, the you just touched on the um, whole thing with Jack Smith, and in that filing, this is the special counsel. He wants to really muzzle Trump in his defense, not just. Also talking about that aspect, but he also wants to eliminate basically any political discussion. Like he can't say, I'm being politically persecuted which is really right. trump's defense i mean if you look at it he's saying look nobody else in history has been brought up on uh the 14th amendment uh you know who who's running for president nobody this this yeah. i mean there's a lot of firsts that i mean in 91 counts uh i would say he's kind of being targeted uh, i'm being facetious of course but that is the primary aspect of his defense how can someone say no you can't use that defense in court that to me is is really overreaching
5: Well, that's going to be the argument. That's going to be the fight. And, of course, the first fight is over immunity. That's now headed to the Supreme Court. So the January 6th case is on hold right now, and we'll see where the Supreme Court rules on. Does the president have immunity because he went there in his official capacity as the United States president to give a speech that day? That's the first issue that has to be tackled. But as this moves along further, if that that issue isn't resolved or if it's resolved in the favor of prosecutors, I expect the Trump lawyers to come back and say exactly that, which is, listen, his whole defense is, That this is a political motive, uh, a politically motivated prosecution to keep him off the ballot, and uh, he needs to be able to tell that to the jury and make that case. Uh, And also, uh, if he's culpable for what happened at the uh, January 6th event, why isn't Nancy Pelosi culpable because she didn't take the national guard? Why aren't the Capitol Police culpable because they didn't staff properly even though they had the warning? So. Those are the sort of uh, arm wrestling that's going to occur in the courts. It also probably means this case is going to be delayed quite a bit.
2: Yeah. Also, a uh, Colorado GOP just filed yes. um, also an appeal. Talk about that, because that's interesting. They're rushing it to the Supreme Court, which because they yes. have standing.
5: They, they absolutely do. They're an affected party. It's their, <laughs> their candidate who's being kicked off the ballot, or at least the Republican Party candidate being kicked off the ballot. What's interesting today, so that, that uh, appeal was filed to the Supreme Court last night, just a few minutes ago, the Colorado Secretary of State made a big announcement, said that uh, Trump will be on the ballot unless uh, the Supreme Court uh, decides to uh, affirm uh, the Colorado Supreme Court. So if your Supreme Court affirms it, then uh, uh, Trump will be off it. But if the Supreme Court takes the case, she says that Donald Trump will be on the ballot. That's Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. Very important thing. And the reason why is that there's only a January 5th deadline, so we're only— a week away from the deadline. So if this case isn't resolved, uh, the Colorado Secretary of State announced today that they will err on the side of caution and allow Trump to be on the ballot and litigate this after the fact. That's a big development that uh, that appeal last night because it's had consequences today uh, with the Secretary of State.
2: Um, now also, John Solomon, you also uh, had uh, some good stuff, some interesting stuff about home battery system fires and some of the dangers that are happening. Talk about that.
5: as we move more into the uh, renewable uh, energy uh, world and a lot of people support that uh, batteries are the storage thing right if you take sun and you need to store it for later in the day sun power or wind power uh, more and more homes are storing uh, their energy in batteries so it can be used at night when maybe the sun's down or the wind's not blowing but there is a significant concern about these batteries they are susceptible to fires they're susceptible to overheating they're susceptible to releasing toxic gases. And so a lot of the scientists and some of the energy regulators in the country now are warning, hey, this is a good idea, but there are some very serious safety issues that need to be resolved. A lot of people talking about that. It's one of the unexpected. There's a lot of things in the green energy movement that are still working themselves out. One is, where are we gonna get the supplies for batteries? Another is, how are we gonna get a grid built that can actually allow electric cars to plug into it? A third is, where do we dispose of batteries when we're done? And their fourth one is that these home battery systems—they have these gaseous fires, they're almost like a propane—that uh, can create a, the danger of explosion under certain circumstances. Four very big challenges for engineering. And, and if you have a, a private system. home, yeah.
1: And if if I was like Chubb and I was insuring that private home, yeah. Why would I allow you to put in your home garage a uh, electric car?
5: Yeah, that's that. those are very big questions. In fact, there are, are clear evidence that some of the insurance companies are now charging homeowners a lot more if they have an electric car. I'll tell you one great instance we had in this story because this is just a very real instance. A uh, Firefighters went to a house. The house uh, involved a electric vehicle that was on fire. They hit it with water, not realizing it was an electric vehicle. An explosion. Uh, it caused an explosion. It blasted the garage door 30 feet into another yard. Just think about that. Blew it into the neighbor's yard. That's some of the challenges that this new electrification has. There are things we can always work out. We always do in America. We're very innovative. But a lot of the rush to green energy has overlooked these very important safety and common sense issues.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, John Solomon, thank you. You always have such great stuff.
5: Happy New Year. Great to be on your show.
2: Always love having you on. Thanks, John. And, uh, John, coming up, we're going to be talking about the economy, some really stunning details on mortgage rates and a whole bunch more. Uh, Steve Moore is coming up after the break. He's your numero uno. A common sense recap of
0: the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back, John, with uh, Steve Moore, of course. Uh, more money. Yeah, lots more money. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it on Saturdays,
1: of course, on WABC. And, uh, uh. He's on every Saturday, uh, between, uh, one o'clock and two o'clock following. Uh, Larry, Larry Kudlow. Kudlow that's a blockbuster lineup that's what we call that Steve That <laughs> yeah, there is what, you, go. you know
2: Steve uh, there's so much going on with the economy but one of the things that to me was so disheartening and I, I thought Bidenomics worked that's what Joe Biden said um, but the latest it, there was new home mortgage payments are up 90% and yeah. only 15% can really afford new listings the average American family that is really scary stuff
6: yeah, it is, Rita. And by the way, you have no idea how proud I am that Larry Kudlow is my warm-up act. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good warm-up act.
2: That's a great warm-up act. By the way, at, yeah. by the way, at night, you know, I, on uh, the Rita Cosby show, I have Bill O'Reilly, so, so I got a good oh, warm-up <laughs> act <back> too.
6: <laughs> how cool is that? Well, look, you know, it is true that the cost of a mortgage now, in terms of the payments because of the higher interest rates, are almost double what they were under Trump. So it was about $1,800 a month for a median um, value home back three or four years ago. And today that number is closer to, uh, you know, is closer to uh, $3,500 a month. And that's because the interest rate went up from 2.9% to as high as, uh, you know, it went up to seven and a half percent. Now I think it's between six and a half and seven, but that's still a big increase and in putting a lot of stress. And that means that the, the you know, the, the hope and the dream of home ownership which is the, Really, hallmark of the American dream is out of reach for people in their late 20s, 30s, and even
2: their 40s. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Steve Moore, uh, Governor Patterson has a question.
3: Steve, I was wondering. Governor. How are you? Governor <laughs> of New
2: York. I mean, and, my God, if you were
3: still governor, we wouldn't have all these people leaving New York. That's what I tell people. <laughs> right. Some of us believe him. He wouldn't be able to see him. <laughs> I wouldn't even know they were leaving. <laughs> but, Steve, um, why do people continue to think when interest rates go up that when they come down that the costs are going to go down, but they're really not connected in that respect? And that's why I think the costs are now out of reach for people who otherwise should have been able to afford it.
6: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, look, when the interest rates go up, It's bad news for the home buyer and the home seller. So if you own a home, higher interest rates are a bad thing, too, because, you know, you're going to get a lower price. At least theoretically, you're going to get a lower price for your home. But, Governor, you really put your finger on something. We've got a shortage of newly new houses. Maybe John Katsomedes has to go into the home building business because (laughs) we're just not building enough homes in this country. And part of the reason for that is these land use restrictions that are making it very difficult to to build uh, single-family homes.
3: Yeah, and that's difficult because you have these areas where there's the right space for it, it's the yep. right community, but yep. there isn't the uh, a capacity to get the approvals to actually build there. That's
6: right. That's exactly
3: right. And it's, it's a it's a problem all over the country. So...
6: You know, we could be pushing out the suburbs and have more housing and affordable housing for someone. You know, look, I have two kids in their young 30s, you know, and they do pretty well in their career. But they couldn't possibly afford to buy a house right now. And, you know, we want to get people into homes. It's better for communities. It's better for young people to, you know, build their, uh, you know, their lives and to get some. But it just isn't happening right now. And, you know, look, when Biden is out there saying, John, that, oh, well, prices are coming down. No, prices aren't coming down. They're just not going up as fast as they used to go up. And so, you know, if you look at the uh, the increase in the average good or service that people are buying today, It's almost 20 percent higher than it was three years ago. And I think that explains why people are so angry. Biden has to get out and go to the grocery store or something, Rita, to understand how
2: much things cost. Exactly. By the way, uh, Steve Moore, did you this is interesting because now uh, there's a lot of pressure as we're talking about, like interest rates and so forth. Uh Uh, uh, Democrat Rokan, I just saw this, he's urging Powell to cut rates now. Uh And he's saying, or you'll be responsible for Trump winning the White House. To me, that is such a sign that they realize that this is bad because you're right. When people, you know, feel like they can't purchase a home, uh, a new family, can't make ends meet. People yeah. were cutting back even, uh, you know, some of the gifts and, and things this holiday season. Yeah. When you look at all that, uh how much pressure do you think uh President Biden's on? Because he keeps trying to tout Bidenomics. And you can tell there are people behind the scenes going, no, 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 don't go
3: there.
6: Yeah. Well, the key thing that you just said is political pressure on the Fed to cut rates. And that's not appropriate. You know, I mean, it shouldn't be based on politics. Right. I mean, it should be based on what's good monetary policy. Now, I think we've probably reached peak inflation. I think all indicators are that it's going to stay, you know, in the two to four percent range, which is a lot better than nine percent. But they're still above their target rate of two percent. We're still at three to three and a half percent inflation, according well, to Steve. They can be
1: technocrats and bankrupt the country. What, what, what do you think the people want?
6: Well, I think the American people look. I do think there's going to be room for cutting rates next year. And you've been on that. You've been right about that, John. You, they, you were right. They raised rates way too much, way too quickly. Right? I mean, now that, they, they,
1: they uh, almost bankrupted a lot of the real estate that's industry. Right. Uh, yep. uh f- you know, home sales came to a, a uh, hold, and then the banking industry, the banks, yep. are concerned for their own existence. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they held a lot
6: of these long term loans that you know that had. You know, seven percent interest rates, and then all of a sudden, you know, they, those, you know, uh, bonds retired, and then they could only buy, you know, interest rates with three or four percent. So, look, John, what you're the expert on this. If you were
1: on, if you were running the Federal Reserve Board, if you were Jerome Powell, I'm going to put you on the spot. What would you do? I would have stood up and said, ma'am. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, president, this came about yep. because you uh, you took oil from fifty five up to a hundred yep. a hundred, right. and if you take it back down again, I don't have to raise interest rates.
6: You know what, uh, Rita? I think we found our next Federal Reserve Chairman.
1: I think we did. I think we, by the way, he
2: was <laughs> born. I mean, in That's exactly you right. You know, you, you realize know. he was born in Greece; otherwise, he would be president. <laughs> uh, you know, he you know he came <laughs> over at six well, months. Just
6: still run for mayor. But look, I mean, John, you're spot on. One of the things that really launched this higher interest rate, you know, the higher inflation from,
1: you know, 2% under Trump
6: to 9% under Biden was exactly that. that That's exactly really that.
1: For the oil. That's exactly that. And I can't understand how many, you know, you, you guys uh, look down on me because I'm a, I'm a college. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get my diploma.
7: Yeah. yeah, But, yeah. Get but, out. but some of
1: these fed guys exactly. with 11 diplomas don't know what the heck they're talking about. They're too busy counting the diplomas. <laughs> you know,
6: John, I used to think it was important for people to have a Harvard degree, but
2: now I'm not so sure about that. what's going on. By the way, I'm just... sure it isn't at this point, Steve.
3: <laughs> Starting with uh, any names you all would like to throw out? Oh,
1: the, the, the guy was throwing his name some, in there. Wait a minute. Some lady named Gay. Yeah, she's yes. still there. Still there.
2: Still there. Well, Steve Moore, thank you so much. We love well, having Happy you Happy New Year, you guys. Happy New Year, Steve. Happy New Year, Steve. One. I'll be listening you to you on Saturday.
6: I will be, yep. too. More money at 1 p.m. following Larry Kudlow on WABC, the number one
2: talk radio station in, in the in, in 173
1: wow. countries, but Amazing. Not, not in Antarctica. Yeah. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, wait. We got a blackout. And uh, what are the penguins? I thought they were listening There's to a us. a blackout in Cuba, Russia, and a few other communist countries.
2: I understand that. But Antarctica?
7: Antarctica. Oh,
2: we got to work on that. All right. We're going to work on that. We're going to have Dick Morris after the break.
7: You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby.
0: Now, here's John Katz and Matitis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
1: Well, welcome back. And uh, we're back. And, uh, uh, wow, I mean, it's only two more days, three more days for 2023. Yeah. Good and, riddance. Oh, my God. Good uh, riddance. Well, with us today is Dick Morris. And he's on uh, uh, WABC every Saturday, Sunday between 12 and 2 in 173 countries 50 states Well, wait what about antarctica, not see, in on, antarctica. we got to work not on that not antarctica we're working on antarctica
2: we definitely have to work on that and uh dick morris uh you know it's amazing uh, as we're talking about the timeline here the end of the year next thing we know it it's going to be the iowa caucus that starts january 15th. then you got new hampshire um where do you see the race now and i want to have i know obviously trump is dominating but there is so much talk about is someone going to drop out even before Iowa, the left, uh, the ones that are still there. And Dick, this is interesting. I, I'm sure you saw this report. There's reports that within the DeSantis camp, they are, quote, trying to make the patient comfortable, which means uh, they know anesthesia is coming soon and they're just trying to keep them calm before so the surgery. Political
3: hospice care.
2: Yeah, as, as the governor says. <laughs> Where is this going, Dick?
8: Well, I think that, Trump is going to sweep Iowa. I think he's going to sweep New Hampshire. And I think the race will be over after that. They may the the candidates may drop out after that. They may hang on, but the race will they will assume it will be over and their money will dry up and they'll leave shortly. Um and Trump is clearly winning uh, Iowa. Nobody contests that. And Nikki Haley uh, made a DeSantis has basically given up on New Hampshire and uh, Nikki Haley made a run for New Hampshire in the last two weeks but she absolutely flubbed it. Uh, first of all, I don't know if you read the comment she made about slavery.
1: Yesterday. Yes, yeah, talk yes. about that. because I, mean, I don't understand. Why can't she just say slavery? Why does she yep. have to be a trickster and, and twist well, uh, things around?
8: I'll tell you why. Uh, after the Civil War there was a big movement of Confederate—it's called the, 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 women, the Mothers of the Confederacy. And they tried to rewrite the textbooks throughout South Carolina, throughout the South, and had an influence on them nationally to say that slavery was not what this civil war was about. It was about rights and civil liberties and all of that and control of the government by, by the people. And uh they there was a whole big thing, Gone with the Wind was part of romanticizing was part of romanticizing the Confederacy and uh other stuff. And uh Haley and Nikki Haley, uh who basically has spent a lot of her life in South Carolina, must have been immersed in that. South Carolina was always the epicenter of the conservative of the of the Confederacy. It was the first state to secede, it had threatened to secede thirty years earlier. It was the last state almost to be occupied. North Carolina was a little later. And um, this line, which is, all oh, no, this wasn't about slavery. This was about the rights of man and so on, uh, rights to enslave other people, uh, has was very popular in the South, and I think she was surrounded by it. And I think when she was asked about slavery, she reverted to that and, you, and talked about that line. I don't think it was an act of political contrivance, I think mean, it was an act of stupidity. But mm-hmm. I think it does reflect her view and the culture she was raised in. It doesn't suggest that she's a racist.
9: Yeah, it that's interesting.
8: And
2: she's saying she was she set up understand
8: today. That the cause of the war.
2: That's what she's saying, Dick, that, is that she was set up. She said she thinks it was like a Democratic operative who was like a plant in it. No, uh, but uh, but
7: Governor that was a stupid answer. It was you know, so stupid.
3: Yeah, it. even if it yeah. was, you're in a presidential race. You're going to get set up. Yeah. People are going to. Yeah, you better be ready. I agree. And yes, try to uh, sure psych you into things perfect. and to come back afterward and say, Oh, it was, I was set up. I don't think you win any points by saying that. But Dick, my question right. to you by, is. By the way,
2: the Civil War is not a trick question. Either, yeah, exactly. Really, yeah.
3: It really shouldn't have been. But, um, she, when she was in office, um, originally didn't take the Confederate flag down from, from the building. She took it down after the, killing of the nine African Americans in the church in twenty fifteen. And then she turned around and said that you could go visit the flags in a museum or something like that. But she seems to be walking that line or going back and forth over the line. And I think on a big issue like that, this is where you get caught. This is where you start to lose support.
8: Well in South Carolina you take a tour of Charleston which is beautiful. And the, uh, in deep southern drawls, the guides all say, this was the start of the war between the states. And uh, when they say war between the states, they're, they confess what we're really talking about is the war of northern aggression, which is what they like to call it. But God knows they don't describe it as a civil war. And uh, then political work in South Carolina, and that point of view is widely shared, uh, not by the people who've recently moved there, but by the people who've been there for a long time. And she was reflecting that and she's wrong and she deserves to be censored and censored and not censored. And we also should understand that she is a new and experienced politician, not used to handling herself. And uh, we can't send her into the major league.
2: By the way, Dick Morris, um, also two other developments. Uh, Vivek is pulling. Obviously, they're not doing the TV ads. That's obviously not a good sign for his campaign. Uh, on the flip side, did you see Chris Christie uh, just did, I think it's like a seven-figure ad buy, and he had like one of the most brutal ads I've seen. I mean, he said, uh Trump will burn America to the ground. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, where is he going with – and who is
1: funding Chris Christie to keep going? Even But if you wait, look at the uh, polls – Wait, wait. David, are the Democrats funding Chris Christie? Just to hit yeah.
3: uh, not that I know of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah, a good no, answer. Yeah. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that.
8: They they are, John. And uh the there's a thing called the Liberty uh no the Lincoln Project, which is nominally Republican but is deeply anti Trump and is, is spending money on that. And uh Christy is really on sort of revenge tour and um and it's 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 just sickening personally. But, you know, when people say Trump is going to burn down America or something, they don't understand that people know that Trump has, like, been president already and he didn't do it. And <laughs> that he's like Hitler. Well, we didn't notice for four years, but now it's apparent. I mean, it's such bull. Everybody understands that he was not the monster that everyone thought that he would be. And now to say he would be again is uh is just disingenuous.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Up uh, Dick, before we let you go, um you have a new bestseller out. It's called Corrupt. Um and yes. it's about um Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, all that stuff. And um yes. the one the one reason you saw I'm sure you've seen the last few hours, uh the GOP is saying the House uh, this is Comer and those guys. They're looking into, uh, did Joe Biden, was he aware that his son was going to, uh, subvert, you know, uh, and defy the subpoenas to testify? Remember, he was supposed to testify yeah. and then he shows up on the other side of Capitol Hill on the Senate side, right. not the House side. And then Corinne Jean Pierre came out and said, Oh, yeah, Joe Biden was talking with his son about it beforehand. How real do you think that is? And is that an avenue, an avenue they should be exploring?
8: Well, there are so many better ways to tie Joe Biden to all of this. Uh, the two hundred thousand dollar check he got from his uh, from his uh, his brother uh, didn't just fall out of the sky. And uh, I think that that there's a, and I think that the committee is going to find more and more evidence of financial dealings with Joe Biden uh, that underscored this entire corruption. I think that the House Committee will investigate this. And I think there are two developments that are going to dominate January and February and March, uh, other than Trump vanquishing the competition. The first will be, I think, the uh, exposure of not uh, the January 6th trials and convictions. I think that with the Supreme Court review of that, uh, those convictions, I think, may be thrown out, and I think people will turn against that. And in fact, I think the House speaker may release the videos that will show the, uh, the demonstrators holding the door for the cops. Uh, and I think the second thing that's going to be exposed here is I think we're going to have incredibly greater detail about Joe Biden's role in this corruption. And we'll no longer think of it as the Hunter Biden scandal any more than we thought of the Clinton scandals as the Hillary Clinton or the Monica Lewinsky scandals. We'll figure out who's really to blame and He'll really suffer for it. I think this will happen while he's being impeached in the House. And uh, while the impeachment won't succeed, it certainly will pass. And uh, the trial will be a wonderful forum for people to learn all the stuff that's in my book, the chapter and verse of all the Broadway that went on. And it is incredible.
2: All right. Well, Dick, the book is corrupt. Uh, Dick Morris, always great to have you on, Dick. Thank you, Dick. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we have uh, Congresswoman Nicole Maliatakas joining us now. Uh Congresswoman Malliotakis, so much going on with the border and Mexico. Uh first off, what and, and the migrant and crisis. the migrant. What do you make of Eric Adams coming out? And saying, uh, well he's going to say you have to notify the bus lines have to notify New York City thirty two hours in advance. They can only come in next time. He's talking about uh maybe uh you know, impounding any buses that are coming from Texas and he's blaming Texas, not President Biden.
9: Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's beyond ridiculous. He should be telling uh Texas and the President that and these nonprofit organizations, by the way, that receive government funding to transport people, uh, that they should not be doing it at all, not just during certain hours. Um, The reality is we have a mayor who doesn't – his solution is give New York City more money. It's not stop the crisis. It's not stop incentivizing individuals to come to New York City. Uh, Remember, they're receiving all sorts of free services and that's why the city has made difficult cuts right now for citizens, right? Police uh, hirings are being frozen. Uh, they are cutting across the board services. You can't go to the library on Sunday, all because the mayor insists that the right to shelter is is acceptable for citizens of other countries, which we had a judge in Staten Island say quite clearly, it's not. they're not entitled to that, and there's no obligation for the city to provide it. So that's number one. The mayor needs to stop incentivizing individuals from coming to New York City. It's Ludicrous to believe that 10 million people would enter our country and they'd stay in one state. Of course, they're going to be coming to cities all across the country. Uh, The problem is that they are unvetted and we have a legal process for people to apply if they would like a visa, if they apply for asylum. Uh, Those individuals who came legally are now being pushed to the back of the line because the president has a last in, first out approach, meaning people that are coming over the border over the last Uh, uh, 20-some days are being heard first, their asylum cases, before the people who have been waiting in the system. I verified this myself because we had constituents who were stuck in this red tape and bureaucracy, and they're saying, wait a minute, why is my date being pushed back even further now? And it's because the president is prioritizing the people who are paying the drug cartels to come the wrong way over the southern border and it is wrong it is wrong wrong for everybody involved
2: and you know uh, congresswoman nicole malietakis then there's this meeting in mexico right where (laughs) finally blinken and mallorcas go down the president of mexico the governor is laughing i'm laughing too because it's like uh, moan curly right going down there and you can't make it up no statement no joint press conference you know that means nothing happened and then the only comment we have heard is from the president of New Mexico who says, yeah, they agreed to open some of the crossings. And boy, a fentanyl barely came up like he's laughing to the bank and wanting more money from America. And we're getting nothing in return. We're not there. What what incentive does he have to do anything?
9: Well, this is typical of the foreign policy that we've been seeing from this administration. It is an America last. Foreign policy. He gives away the store, gets nothing in return. And here, it seems that they quite clearly didn't accomplish anything. And quite frankly, you don't need to go to the president of Mexico. If we can't get our own borders under control, if we cannot protect our own country's national security, we have much bigger problems. And we know that so many of these government officials in Central and South America are corrupted by the drug cartels. We've seen multiple convictions from various countries, including. Uh, uh, Honduras, the, the, the former president uh, is now in trial. Where his brother, uh, who is a congressperson there, uh, was co- recently convicted. You see charges in, you know, Colombia, even Mexico. High-level security officials corrupted by the drug cartels. So we can't be looking to these individuals to secure our border and to go against the drug cartels. We need to do it ourselves. And it's just ludicrous. What kind of message is this sending to? all our adversaries and all our allies around the world, that we can't secure our own border, particularly at a time it's when horrible. Horrible. our ally Israel is at war, Iran is making threats that they want to commit acts of terror on our own ne- soil Nicole, against Americans. I, I we mean, got a minute
1: left. and we, we got a minute left, and we got to go to our next uh, uh, guest. The, the, the Republicans and uh, Republican senators and Democratic senators. And – the Republicans are willing to give all the money that is needed for the Ukraine, all the money is needed for Israel. He says, just fix our borders. We want to stop getting invaded. I can't find a, a Democratic senator that can tell me
9: why they can't do it. Well, John, I'll say this. We, we passed a Border Security Act in May uh that has the Republican priorities out of the House. Uh, Chuck Schumer refuses to take up the bill, but he refuses to pass his own bill. Like, if you don't like our bill, then pass your own bill and let's negotiate and reconcile the differences. The fact that the Senate has failed to produce any border security I think the American, the American people need an explanation problem. why we're not sealing our That's borders. right. And Chuck Schumer is the person that needs to give it to us, quite frankly. Maybe he'll come now, on tell, your show and tell everyone. I don't, go, I don't everyone.
1: point at people... I'm pointing at the entire situation. Thank you so much. We love you dearly and, and we'll talk to you before New Year's.
9: Thank you.
1: That, Thank that you. means we got to talk to her tomorrow. Why <laughs> not? Okay. Let's, uh, let's go. We have, Dr. Siegel is waiting for yep, us. Yep. He's
2: coming up right after the break, John. And what? we have some new details on COVID and a whole bunch more.
7: It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Katz and Cosby
0: on 77 WABC.
1: Well, almost the last interview today. We have with us Dr. Siegel from NYU Langone. And, Dr. Siegel, I understand NYU Langone has come up with a r- report that COVID-type cases have been uh, responsible maybe uh, for some uh, heart attacks. Can you tell us that what, what John? That what has been? There, there was a report from NYU Langone that some COVID cases have been responsible for um, heart attacks.
7: And that's that's something we've known for a while, because what happens when you have COVID is you're at increased risk for long COVID, and long COVID can affect the heart. And the heart is actually affected a lot with COVID, and... So this is predictable. We also know this with flu, by the way, with flu, if you're hospitalized with flu, your chances of a heart attack double. So viruses affect the heart. It's not just COVID, but COVID we've known affects the heart. Ironically, for the anti-vaxxers out there, taking a couple of shots and a booster decreases your risk of all this happening. I know we have focused on the side effects from the vaccine, including potential heart side effects. And that's rarely true, but it also decreases your risk of some of these long, longer term risks. However, we're still coming out of it, and and we, we we have to keep our eye on it. But we have a lot of fatigue, and and the fact that we're out of the pandemic is a good thing. There are other viruses to worry about now, John. Other viruses to worry about.
2: You know, uh, Doctor Siegel. Um, this is a, I don't know if you just saw, but uh, Bernie Sanders. It just came out. Um, put on um, you know on X, formerly Twitter. Uh, that he has covid nineteen um, he just got it, he just was diagnosed with it he 's eighty two years old um, how concerned you know how concerned should he be, and how concerned should other folks be because obviously uh, on the first go rounds, obviously the elderly were were hit so hard by it
7: well you know that 's a really good question, and the answer is that there 's a lot more immunity that builds up uh, over time, both from having had covid and having had the vaccine. Uh, and and that, that immunity stays with you. It doesn't just go away. So we're, t- we're tending to see milder and milder cases. Having said that, I don't know Bernie's case. I don't know what his underlying problems, medical problems, are. I know what his underlying problems are, reader, but I don't know what his underlying <laughs> medical problems are.
2: <laughs> Governor Patterson likes oh. that line.
3: <laughs> yeah, Mark, I was thinking maybe as a socialist, he should think that we would all get it
7: because we should share. Everything that goes That's beautiful. on. Beautiful, I love that. <laughs> that coming, is very lovely. <laughs> coming, coming from a Democrat, a governor yet, I'm, I love that. <laughs> um, you <laughs> know, Doctor Siegel. Governor, you see the advantages you have when you're no longer governor. You get to say stuff like that. Oh, absolutely.
1: We love that. We love that. You know, Doctor Siegel. I was by seeing the way, a my wife is just crawling, okay. Go ahead. Texting me, she is very upset. Rub Hub. <laughs> Is screwing her for a $24 delivery charge? Oh, wait a minute. We need to call them out.
2: Grubhub, $24. Can you believe that, by she the way, Governor Patterson? Where, where is
1: she right now, John? She got a delivery from Piccolo Cucina. Oh, so she and, and, and Grubhub charged her, when well, she's not, $24. Wait, what wait. What did you say, Dr. Wait, Stigo? they charge
3: her First for one the one delivery? First one the best lawyer. Oh my
7: One God. of the most untold stories since the pandemic <laughs> is that once we started food delivery again, you can't trust who it is that's delivering to you. I mean, I don't know how vetted these drivers are. Or we've seen crimes co- co- committed. So maybe she's lucky it's only $28. But when is Gristini's going to deliver, by the way, with with the with their own vetted drivers? Yeah. What do you
1: think? Uh, wait, he's saying, what about Gristini's I, I, delivering? I, no, we are um, uh, Delivery people work for us.
7: There you go. That's the point. That's, that's the difference. The point. And uh, the it's
1: not that people that we don't know.
7: And that's the point. And that's the problem with all of these other ones, right? DoorDash and GrubHub and any which way I, I go myself to get takeout. GrubHub, I don't, I don't you care.
2: owe my wife twenty four dollars. That's unbelievable. And you, you know what? You you bring it up because you don't know. It's like a lot of I've seen a lot of these reports. Of many of these migrants and many of them across through New York that are now working for these food delivery services, or they're the guys that you see them, the guys on the scooter. I mean, they're all over the place, but
1: you're right, you don't know. Anything uh, we're, we got a minute left, uh, Doctor? What What else would you like to tell all New Yorkers, all Americans? Because we got a million people listening, probably. And it could be about Grubhub or anything.
7: So I, I want to and as, as I always do, my comments on viruses by saying we need to bring back nurturing, kindness, hugging, uh, mutual consideration, especially holiday season, looking people in the eye, accepting political differences, getting rid of the meanness, stop the reliance on social media, go, go to dinner with John, he may have a gun, he may not, but don't bring your cell phone to the table.
1: All right, you got it,
2: and and go to a restaurant, not grub hut. That
7: good <laughs> off the cuff. I'm impressed.
3: That's terrific.
1: Yeah, he's great, Doctor he, Siegel. We love you. I would expect I love you, else. and we 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 hope to see you more and more and more in the new year. Uh, the new year is coming in for a couple of days, and God bless you, and God bless America. Thank you so much.
7: Thank you. God bless you. Thank, Thank you, you,
1: Doctor
2: and
7: Governor. What do
1: we all stand for?
7: Truth, Truth justice, and the,
1: and the American, American way. way. And what about Grubhub? I saw Superman go by. No, that was Grubhub.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Headed to your home, John.